go the distance. Now Yelich locks his one way back, and there it goes. Christian Yelich with a leadoff home run to tie it. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. So, remember a couple weeks ago we were uh, we were talking about Jeff Foxworthy. You remember this? It doesn't matter why. I don't even remember why we were talking about that. It was something related to the NFL draft. And our friend Ben Kenny had never heard of the, you know, you might be a redneck bit. Well, I have a, I have a spin on that bit. I had a moment yesterday where I didn't feel like a redneck, but I very much felt like I'm from Wisconsin. Right? You ever have a moment like that? Where you're like, you might be from Wisconsin if Charlie Barron's maybe's done this. Uh, I got my mom cheese for Mother's Day, which is not that wild, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's at least the second straight year I've gotten her cheese from others. It might be the third straight year. It's hard to it's hard to keep them all straight. I think I've got my mom cheese, among other things. Like, I team up with my siblings. We try to get her something. Always make sure there's flowers. But, you know, I wanted to get her something, even if it was just like 10 or 20 bucks. Just one thing from just me. And it was cheese. She, she, she really likes aged cheddar. Like a good 8 to 10 year cheddar. You get above 10 years, it starts to be a bit too much. A little bit too strong, uh, but I got her some some aged cheddar. And as I was driving home from the store, I'm like, "Is this the second or is it the third straight year I got my mom cheese for Mother's Day?" I think it's the third straight year. So, if you ever are listening to the show and you're wondering, this guy he talks about sports and you know he's entertaining enough, but is he really one of us? Yes, yes, I am. I've gotten my own dear mother cheese for more Mother's Days in a row than I can count. I am. I am of the state, in case there was any doubt. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you had an awesome weekend and a great Mother's Day. Either you got to celebrate with your mother, or maybe you are a mother and you were celebrated. Either way, I I hope it was great. I got to get out of lacrosse and go visit my mom because graduation was going on here this weekend. And I, it's not that I don't like people. It's just I don't like them around me all the time. And I don't like people who come to visit lacrosse like like once a year. No one knows how to behave. No one knows how to act. I, I'm surrounded by parking garages where I live. And it's just painful to watch people try to get in and out of there. There's a system, right? I And I, I watch it all the time after concerts, when people come from out of town for concerts or events. And I just sit in my apartment and I watch people try to get out of the parking ramp. There's multiple exits. There's It's very easy to get out, but it, it got clogged and people don't know how to park. And there's one ways and it's just. I'm gesturing with my hands. I just, I, you know, I got out of town, went to visit my mom, went up north, up north in quotations, up north to me, but not above Highway 8, which doesn't make my parents up north. So that was my weekend. I hope you had a great weekend and a great Mother's Day. Uh, I want to talk about all of the crazy sports things that went down this weekend between the NBA and the Brewers. And now we have John Morant uh, going on Instagram lives with guns again. Not that I really have much to say about that, but. That was pretty wild that that happened again. Pretty stupid. <laughs> you can text and call the show if you'd like. 608-796-2558. That's the number. And I'm always on Twitter at Wisco Grant. You can DM me or tweet me anytime, not just from 4 to 6, but if we're watching the NBA playoffs. I want to fight with someone while I'm watching the games, so please tweet me. So I have, so I have someone to go against. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. 
I want to start with the Brewers tonight. Pop quiz. Uh, do you remember what I said Friday night around uh, 5.57? Right as we're wrapping up the show, and I'm thinking, all right, here's what's going on this weekend. Here's what we'll talk about next week. Do you remember what I said right as we were wrapping up the show? I said, hopefully the Brewers will give us something interesting to talk about this weekend. Uh, please, God. Because I want to talk about the Brewers. I want to talk more about the Brewers than we have. I feel like we haven't really talked about them a whole lot. But last week was hard. Brewers didn't give us much. Plus, folks were calling for NBA discourse. We need to talk about the NBA playoffs. And you're like, wow, who is doing that? It was mostly Eric on I-90, so credit to, credit to Eric. The Brewers just didn't give us much. They were slept by the Rockies. They lost two of three in San Francisco. They lost two of three to the Dodgers at home. That's rough. Okay, and I'm supposed to come onto the show and be interesting, and I'm like, well, uh, n- n- not enough length from Eric Lauer today. His Zoom ball just didn't zoom. Yeah, that's that's gonna win awards. That radio show, that's gonna win. Luke Voigt sure has, has underwhelmed. They should they should bring Kustin Hero up from AAA. R- riveting, riveting radio. Not exactly, but this weekend, our boys in brew which was a funny nickname that we came up with a couple of months ago, and then we forgot about it. We need to start using that again. This weekend, our boys in brew delivered. I guess they're also our boys in blue because they also wear blue, but boys in brew is kind of funny. Sweeping the Kansas City Royals, and for all of you that are like, but it's the Royals. Yeah, well, the Rockies sucked too, and the Brewers got swept by the Rockies. So enjoy the wins. Baseball's weird. It's a really long season. You're going to win against bad teams. You're going to lose against good teams and vice versa. Enjoy the wins. Suffer through the losses. That's what we're supposed to do. I'm not going to minimize three wins against Kansas City just because it was Kansas City when last week they were getting beat up by some of the worst teams in the NL, certainly the worst teams in the NL West. Let's start Friday night. Let's go game by game. Friday night to beat the Royals 5-1. to one. This seemed kind of like a win by uh, default, which is what they need when Corbin Burns takes the hill. No? Like, like Friday night, Kansas City's doing a bullpen thing. And they can't score at all. And you're like, well, of course the Brewers win the game. They should. Most times, a majority of the time, almost all the time, Corbin Burns is on the hill they need to win. That's how this Brewers team contends. That's how this Brewers team is successful. And I keep bringing this up. I know, but I think it's important. Something that stuck with me when I was at Brewers Spring Training, did I mention I was at Brewers Spring Training, was listening to Craig Council talk about the depth or lack thereof in the starting rotation. Because we were trying to get his insight on how he planned to manage this pitching staff versus past years. Because every team is different. He said, look, we got a Cy Young Award winner on this team. Corbin Burns is really good, and we're going to lean on him. And we're going to need him to go deep into ballgames and get lots of outs. And as he's saying this, I was sitting there in Craig Council's office again as I was at Brewers Spring Training. I was like, well, but you got Woodruff, and you got Peralta, and Lauer is... Well, I don't know what Lauer is, but he's not terrible, right? There's some ceiling there. And Craig Council is talking about this pitching staff like it's Corbin Burns and everyone else. But I get it now. You need to win every time Corbin Burns is on the bump. You need distance from him. You need innings. Because when Corbin Burns craters in a starter, the Brewers can't win the Burns start. Well, it's like, okay, well, we got Adrian Hauser tomorrow. It's not getting any easier. Colin Ray on Sunday. (laughs) Our situation has not improved. As uh, I just watched Indiana Jones. You know, in the last crusade when Indy and his dad are in like the spinning fireplace and the room is burning down and then they spin around and all of a sudden they're in the room with Nazis and Sean Connery goes, our situation has not improved. Like, 
You lose Corbin Burns' start, and you wake up the next morning and check the lineup, and Adrian Hauser is is getting the go. No, it's not getting better. You need to win Corbin Burns' start, right? So Friday night, the Brewers did what they need to do, and they need to do that every time Corbin Burns starts for this team. Saturday night, speaking of Adrian Hauser, (laughs) eight hits in four innings? God. And it's not like... He's Freddie Peralta, where Freddie Peralta is going to strike out a ton, but he's also going to give up some base runners. He's going to throw a lot of pitches, but he's got the put-away stuff to pitch himself out of jams if he can't really find his control. No, 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 no. Adrian Hauser gave up eight hits in four innings and only had two strikeouts. So this is not a Freddie Peralta-type situation. Granke got strikeout number 1,000 on one of the worst called strikes I've ever seen in my life. I'm not trying to be dramatic. That was awful. And Joey Weimer reacted. Luckily, didn't get thrown out. Craig Council, you know, letting the, the ump have it. Did the ump want to be the ump that called Zach Greinke's 1,000th strikeout? Who knows? Who's to say? I won't say. I'm just throwing it out there because that, that was horrendous. And if you're watching, you know what I'm talking about. And if you weren't watching because you were out with friends or doing anything fun, you're like, Grant, no one cares about this. You're probably right. Yelich hit two homers on Saturday night, the first of which looked legit. He pulled it. And that... That got my attention. We're going to talk about Yelich in a few minutes. Boy, oh boy. Bottom nine showed us my favorite side of this team. The The version of the Brewers that we saw in the bottom of the ninth on Saturday is my, is my favorite Milwaukee Brewers 2023 feature, or my favorite flavor of this team. Because you watch a team every day for six months, you're going to see a lot of good, you see a lot of bad, you're going to see games where they play in character, when they play out of character. Saturday night is my favorite version of this 2023 team so far when they play a little small ball, Brian Anderson got the single Bryce Trang, the fly out, then Owen Miller, who's red hot all of a sudden, the Mequon kid had the double. And then Joey Weimer gets the sacrifice fly. I like this team's ability to here and there manufacture a run and score in different ways. It keeps it fresh, keeps the team entertaining because we're not watching the same product and the same result night after night. It's also something that I think we've we've looked for, we've really wanted the last couple of years. You got to, or the phrase we always hear, got to manufacture a run, got to make something happen, right? You got to play a little pepper. I don't know if anyone says that, but you know, all, all those things along the same lines. So I liked in the bottom of the ninth, a little small ball, just doing enough to scratch that run across the plate and not necessarily swing for the fences. And you saw it in Joey Weimer's reaction to putting that ball in play, to putting that ball in the air because the Brewers on on their social media accounts, I saw it on Twitter. I'm sure it was on Facebook as well. Sometimes they have the side profile of of the at-bat, the highlight. So you don't hear the the announcer. It's not the tailor-made camera angle from center field behind the pitcher, but it's, it's from the side. So all you see is the swing, the reaction of the hitter, and then you hear the reaction of the crowd, and that's all you get. Joey Weimer put that ball in the air, and you could tell immediately realized, yep, that's what I was trying to do. Awesome. Did it. Put the ball in play. It gives the runner a chance to get home, even with the the really good throwing arm that Jackie Bradley Jr. has. By the way, Jackie Bradley Jr. is a royal. Uh, I was was one of the the first to know that this weekend. I did not know that he was in, in Kansas City. I was like, oh, he's playing center. Okay. Nice. Jackie Bradley Jr. My dad I was watching with my dad. He's like, how the hell is he still in the league? Or he said something along those lines. I don't know. Man, I remember when the Brewers acquired him. It's like, ALCS, MVP, can get it done in the big moments. And he just didn't really 
get it done at all for the Brewers. Anyways, small ball on Saturday night. That was great. And, and the bottom of the ninth showed us, I think, a version of the Brewers that, that I really like watching. Yesterday, Colin Ray was tough to watch. Eric Lauer seemed to be able to put guys away enough. I don't know if that's, you know, his most dominant appearance ever, but he came in and did enough. He got six strikeouts. I think my favorite moment of the game was Bryce Trang's three-run bomb to center. That was nice. We need those moments. I like seeing Bryce Trang connect on a home run, and you can tell if you're watching. He's like, there, I got it. That's what I've been going for. Or like I said with Joey Weimer, coming through with the sack fly, you could see it in his reaction. You could see it in his face. There, I got it. I got it. That's what I was trying to do because these young guys are learning to be professionals. Shout out Joe Barry. They're learning the the rigors and the ups and downs and the schedule of a major league career. They're learning that there's going to be good days and bad days and how to cope with both. Right? They're going through all this for the first time. So to see them, you know, try to put a ball in the air for a sacrifice fly to win the game and do it. That that's that's great. That's that's another feather in Joey Weimer's cap. That's more experience. That's more confidence. And same with Bryce Trang. I don't know how Bryce Trang was hitting or the way he was trending, launch angle, exit velocity, any of that stuff. I could be wrong, but over the last week when I've been watching Brewer games, it's not like Bryce Trang's been lighting the world on fire. I'm not saying he was in a slump because he didn't check the, the numbers, the facts, the figures today, the data. But it seems like Bryce Trang is due for a moment like that, and he got one yesterday. That was really cool. My favorite moment of yesterday's game was seeing Bryce Trang connect like that. Now, the most significant moment of yesterday's game uh, was this. Yelich. The 0-1 delivery, a swing and a drive to right and deep and way, way out of here and gone for Christian Yelich. Well, he's back in tune, I'd say. Homered twice, now three times in the series. Um, And that one was hit to the upper deck in right field and a no doubt about it wow uh thank you uke uh correction on zach granke not his thousand strikeout his thousandth batter that was struck out my point about the umpire still stands thank you jeremy and scani for uh listening thank you and uh actively looking to help me out that was christian yelich yesterday in the first inning, and he pulled it. And I think all of Wisconsin went, uh, huh. Wait a minute now. <laughs> We've seen Yelich hit homers here and there, and he's even had good games, but it's often this weird fadeaway swing that puts it out opposite field, like a fadeaway jump shot. Very often we've seen him go the other way. Or we've seen him, you know, slap the ball weakly to the other side. We don't see Yelich pull the ball. A whole lot anymore. That got the juices flowing. Here's Craig Council after the game about Yelich. Not asked if Yelich was back. No, 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 no. We would never ask Craig Council such a question. But you know what's going on with Yelich? Again, we don't we don't know exactly. You know, you guys ask me that all the time. It's it's a baseball season. Um, if we if you know if we had all the answers to those kind of questions, then this would be a different sport. True. Um, but he's he's swinging the bat well. That's why he, that's why you play guys every single day because they have the ability to do this. Um, and he's found a little nice little stretch here where he squares the balls up. So I'll ask: Is Christian Yelich back? Six zero eight seven nine six 
888-528-2558. We might debate this for a full two hours tonight. Uh, it's also giving rise to a, uh, a new bit. When it comes time to ask whether or not Christian Yelich is back, uh, we will answer the yellophone. And I believe uh, it should be ringing any moment now. I, I told the, the guy 418. Ah, yes, there it is. Uh, I'm going to, you guys mind if I, I take this? The yellow phone is, is ringing. Uh, let me get on this here. Hold on. I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I see. No, no, I, I get it. The exit velo, <laughs> exit velo is good. I'm not denying that. And launch angle. But that, you know, that's, that's a new age statistic. This is not a new age question. We're asking if he's back. Oh, I, yep, yep, yep. No, I, I completely understand all right, yeah. All right, no, I'll pass it along. Thank you for the information. All right, thank you. Uh, so, I hate to be the bearer of good news, but I just got off the yellow phone, and he's back, ladies and gentlemen. He's Yellow's back. just back. He's back. I'm calling it. People keep I'm asking calling. if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. back. Last announcement of the night. Officially announcing, I'm back. You better believe, I'm back. Full time. Better than ever. Thank you. Now, uh, just between us girls, uh, I had to do this today because if I don't jump on the Yelich's back trend today, uh, then I might never be able to again because let's be real there's a good chance he strikes out three times tonight and we're never able to talk about this again let's take a three-minute break is yelich back yes or no we debate next this is the wisco sports show with grant bills on the wisconsin sports zone radio network My name is Grant Bills. Happy Monday. And I hope your week is off to a tolerable start. We're talking Brewers. They got a sweep over the weekend. But, it was, but, but Grant, it was the Royals. I, I don't I don't care. Where does this where does this come from? Yelich has a good series, or Corbin Burns has a good start. Well, it was against the Royals. Did we not just watch the Brewers get swept by the Rockies last week? You celebrate the wins no matter who they're against. And you're frustrated with the losses, no matter who the losses come against. Yes, it's just the Royals. Yeah, it's only May 15th. It's not Memorial Day yet, so I haven't checked the standings. Brewers could be in first. They could be in last. I, I don't know. This is a show that doesn't check the standings till Memorial Day. Right now, we're debating whether or not Christian Yelich is back. Uh, I say that he is. If you want to call in and join the discussion, you can. Uh, the yellow phone is an outside line. I can't give that one away, but you can call uh, the regular phone, 608 608- Seven nine six two five five eight, and hopefully the phone works on the first try. Cone Roller is here. Cone, good afternoon. Welcome to the show. Happy Monday, Grant. Loved the yellow phone, and I disagree with you, though. I don't think he's back yet. <laughs> that's very. Yet. That's very fair. Here's okay. Can I? Can I be honest? Here's the thing. There, I saw an opportunity for content. And I went for it today because there's a good chance that Yelich for the rest of the year is not as back as he is today. Because what if he strikes out three times tonight? Then the bit then the bit is dead. I can't do this bit tomorrow, so I got to do it today. 
No, I loved it. I mean, you had, you know, you had Neil Diamond week. Maybe we need a little GSN week, a little game show network week. Ooh, that's actually a really good idea. There, there could be a lot that could be done with that. What's the best game show? I think it's Jeopardy. Well, that's not a game show network. That's that's network television. Oh. We're just looking at game show network. It's got to be Family Feud. Yeah. Maybe Catch-22 could be is okay. Uh, the newlywed game was always a favorite of mine. A lot of sports radio shows do game shows, like with callers or with hosts. And I there's only one of me, and there's only one phone line, so I don't know how we do it. But I, I think it would be fun to do something like that. I just don't know what to do and how to do it. So we can brainstorm. That's fair. I mean, media does start with me. But with Yelich... Honestly, though, like it is great to see that he is pulling the ball and just launching nukes. I mean, those home runs he hit this weekend just bombed. And then, you know, Bryce Terang following it up with his own bomb. This team is get him hot and let's let's bounce back a little bit this these next few months. I did really like uh, Bryce Terang's homer, like I said, and I this is going to sound wild, but I think you'll know what I mean. It looked a lot like a Shohei Otani home run. Like, you know how Otani, when he gets into one, it's almost like he's running down the first base line as he swings. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's what Terang's looked like to me. Yeah. I, that must be a good thing, right? Like, it looked like a natural, like, he finally connected with one, and that had to feel good for him. Yeah, for sure. Kind of is like that, uh, you know, Nori Aoki. He kind of used to be the master at that, kind of the Ichiro you know, you slap it into right field. But now these guys are getting so good at with their launch angles. I think they're able to do that with home run balls now. You know, you mentioned Otani. We saw Terang. Yeah. I think it's kind of the next evolution of that kind of slap hit approach. Well, athletes do get better over time, despite what some folks say. I mean, it would make sense that the game is evolving and the sport is evolving. And I know as a, as a progressive, uh, young-minded sports fan like yourself, Cone, I, I think you would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, very progressive mindset. But, you know, I also like the conservative values, you know, of a lot of the old-timey sports. You know, I'm sick of this pitch clock. Yeah. Sick of the bigger bases, you know. Let's play ball. Correct. Uh, Yes. Also, uh, before I let you go, the Heat and the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals, I think we're going to talk about that at some point. Do you have a statement on that or do you not care? Go Heat, baby. Let's go Heat. Yeah, I might be in the same place. Thank you, Cone. And the bubble is real. LeBron James is the GOAT. Uh, And Succession last night was also very good. I've not watched it yet. That's on my to-do list tonight. So I will, uh, I'll let you know. Maybe I'll I'll tweet. Thank you, Cone. Yep, thanks, Grant. Cone Cone Roller. And maybe at some point, maybe at some point, uh, we're going to have to talk to Cone and use his Arizona ties to discuss Monty Williams as a potential coach of the Bucs because hearing rumblings, uh, literally and figuratively, I'm saying as a bit, but also like I am, I am reading and, and seeing and, and hearing things and it seems like it's maybe going to be Monty Williams, which I don't like because I don't really think he's that great of a coach. I would love to be proven wrong, but if and when that time comes, uh, maybe we'll talk to Cone about it. He, he lives in, in a son's town in Phoenix. Oakler Chris texts in, Says, asking if Yelich is back is like asking why is Goofy considered a person and Pluto considered a pet when they're both dogs anyway? Wow. He continues. It's like asking if you punch yourself and it hurts, are you weak or are you strong? Yelich is a riddle wrapped in an enigma. 
He'll get one hit tonight and one RBI this series. Well, I kind of think Yelich might strike out three times tonight, <laughs> which is why I'm going full court press on the Yelich content. Because if I don't do it tonight, it might be content that I never get back. It's like uh, it's like money in the NBA. You either re-sign Bobby Portis or you don't sign anybody. And that's how I'm viewing tonight's show. We either talk about Yelich now and milk this content for all it's worth, or or we might never get to have this conversation, which is why the yellow phone is is now a thing. We got a call on the yellow phone. I'm told he's back. I'm, t- I'm told he's back. I'm just passing along what I've been told, what I know. Uh, and that's what the yellow phone told me. Also, write down Cone's idea of a game show network week. I like that. I like that a lot. I don't know how we would execute it. I don't know how we'd do it. But I think there's some potential there. Uh, Cone was correct. If we can do Neil Diamond week, we can do a game show network week. And he is correct about, by the way, uh, Jeopardy being network TV, which maybe then we'd have to lead on our friend Bart Winkler because no one watches and cares about more network broadcast TV uh, than Bart Winkler. And speak of the devil, he just tweeted a little television news. The NFL announced that Peacock will be home for the first ever exclusive live streamed NFL playoff game. And I'm reading Schefter's tweet. Presenting an NFL wildcard playoff in primetime, Saturday, January 13th, 2024. So mark down your calendar to be outraged about finding a new app and paying for a new app on your TV. Uh, first week of January. So somewhere in there. For the last 10 years, we've had about a week scheduled off that part of the calendar for the Packers to lose in the playoffs in disastrous fashion. Just take off the Packers and put on uh, be angry at the NFL for putting a game on peacock also if someone has a peacock login i would like it because i want to watch house and i'm pretty sure that's the only streaming service it's on ed in madison is yelich back yes or no 608-796-2558 what's up ed hey i went straight to my source but my own opinion is the yelly bombs aren't going to be back until he gets into when it really means something Uh which is this next three games to me beating up on the big brother of the St. Louis Cardinals. To me, if they can run in there and bring the, the broom in and sweep those, baby, those guys, I say, and he has some a hand in that, then I might give him the kudos. But if there's one thing that I think is going on with Yelich is his confidence is back. He's starting to create that swagger again. And that's my take. He's not back, but his confidence is coming back. Well, I think that's the first step to being back is believing you're back. Until you believe that you're back, you can't be back, Ed. I think that's a good take, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, okay, yes. But to to say he's really back to the old Yelich that we remember from three, four years ago, well, four years ago, actually, not three. Three years was really bad. Um, Four years ago, yeah, he can show that consistency from the next series. And I'm telling you, to me, this is a huge series. This is a a make-or-break series, some might say. I don't care if the Cardinals are in last place. This is more about them always handing us. I mean, you go back to the playoffs when they took it to us. Yeah, go back Um, to 1982. Let's go all the way back, Ed. Well, well, hell yeah. Let's go way back. Let's go way back. Heartbreak. Heartbreak. That was heartbreak city for all of them. Yeah. Suter, baby. Remember Bruce Suter? Oh. I remember Brent Suter. I don't know Bruce Suter, but I'm going to go along with it. That's way back. Bruce, Bruce Suter, he, he was their savior, their save guy, man. Yeah, he was uh, he was unbelievable. Um, we'll all do what I had him, but um, anyway, 
It's just good to be back too. I've been um, I've been out of the sports world for about one, two, three, probably five days. I wasn't listening to you uh, last week. I had kind of a family stuff that took me away, and and um, now I'm feeling refreshed and ready to listen to Grant and some of the other people that think the others that think they know how what hey, sports is really hey, about. Can I, do you mind? Do you mind if I ask you about something, Ed? And and I want you to be so, honest. I'm not mad. It's just I listen to other shows throughout the day as well. Uh, I occasionally listen to a, a competing show, but that's that's fine. Uh, I listen to Drew and KB occasionally at three o'clock because my buddy Hunter yeah. is on that show. Have I yeah, been like calling them. that show? I think I've heard you call that show. Yep. yep. Okay. Well, can you just I do? Can you save your best takes for this show? Like you brought it today. Can you I, just bring me your best material and you can give that? I the, promise. Okay. Then it's fine. Kick to the balls. Today is kick to the balls. Do you have a and, do, you have, um, do you have a game ball and a kick to the ball for for me? That's what they do on Mondays. Yeah. Well, game ball for it would be Yelich. Kick to the balls would probably be. Um, oh man, I don't know. I, I don't really have a kick to the balls. Um, I think for all the wanna try harders that come to Planet Fitness. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's yeah, that's terrible. Speaking of it, you're getting a good pump in these days. I've been slacking in my uh, workouts. Hand up, I'll admit that. But I know you and Gasper got a good thing going. So you you sticking? I'm going to tell you. I can tell you, Mr. Gasper is transforming into uh, a Mr. Gasper um, built, carved, chiseled Gasper. Wow. He's chiseled. He's starting to get chiseled. That's great Can for you him. picture that? that yeah, can you I, picture I, that? Oh, I can. He's got the frame for it. He's like 6'8". So, yeah, there's a lot of places to put muscle he's on got, the frame. He's got biceps about the size of a softball now. I got I to gotta start yeah. lifting again. You gotta start lifting. You should come down and do a run. I got a black card. You can come on in. Come to Madison. Hook up with us. All right. Well, I'm, if you take that part out of context, it sounds weird. I would love to come throw some weight around uh, and get well, sweaty. Okay. With the boys. Come, come in. Come in. Come in. Um, come and hang out with us. How's that sound? That's better. All right. But I will hit come you in, up. Come in. I want to do a. I, I want to work out with the both of you for show content purposes. It'd be. It'd be fun. It'd be fun. And then you can find out how old I really am. Inch, well, so I'm not going to tell you. I don't know. As long as you don't tell Drew and KB, I'm okay not knowing. Okay. No, I'm cool, man. It's all good. You get my best. <laughs> okay. I really, I'm really glad you're. Uh, I love your sense of humor and your wit, and I love your show. You're probably one of my top. You're right up there, my top number one. I'm a one A and a one B. All right. Well, as long as I'm one of the ones, that's fine, Ed. I'll you're one A. You're one A. You're one A. My one B is is you just you just nailed it. It's true. Because right. they, they have a really sense of humor about their show. They don't just bring canned answers. No, um, no you're my you're, you're my one uh, A because I like I like your I like your your people that you bring on, and I like the callers. We got a They're very comical and entertaining. Yeah, Drew and KB don't have that They don't have a vagabond John, and they certainly don't have a yellow. Phone. No, they don't. No, no. That's why I like your show. I like to hear other. I'm from Richmond Center. Not far from lacrosse. Oh, yeah. I used to hang out in lacrosse. That was going to be my place. I was going to plant my uh, my oaks, and I was going to live in lacrosse. That was my go-to town well, when I was a kid. Well, we'll get together and, uh, in Madison. I'm going to be there a lot this summer, so we'll get together. We'll go through some good. You better be. We'll make, yeah, a, we'll can't make wait. a video for the show. Deal? Oh, deal. It'll be a blast. Can't wait. All right. I, I, got, I got one last thing. Yep. One last thing. Yep. I actually did shoot a video for back when ESPN was part of Madison. Now they're Fox. And um, I did a, I did an actual television video, a baseball skit. It was a blast. 
Yeah, I got to do that. It's my claim of fame. My wife saw it, threw it in the garbage. Because <laughs> so he says, you don't need to 20 seconds of claim of fame. Oh, boy. Well, now you're one of the finest callers on a on a medium-sized sports show. So look, you can tell your wife, look how far you've come. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. She thinks you, she knows about you. I've shown pictures of you. Oh. He goes, you know me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, gotta, anyway, uh, take care. I am woefully late for a break. Speaking of other shows, as Bill Michael would um, say, I have to go. I am woefully late. Okay. Later. Thank you, Ed. Have a good one. And uh, I don't mind if you call other shows as long as you save your best material for me. Or, you, I mean, you can also give them your best material, but make sure, I, make sure I'm not left out. Don't one-up yourself on another show that's not mine. Okay. Deal. Five minutes. We're going to come back. Keep talking brewers. Uh, Ed is saying, Yells needs to do it consistently. Okay. I agree. But I think sometimes we uh, revise history a little bit and we misremember the years 2018 and 2019. So let's take a five-minute break. We'll come back and and remember. Let's look back at Yelich's MVP years and exactly what they look like. Wisco Sports Show, back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you listening to the show. If you miss any part of any of the show, maybe you're only driving for a couple minutes. Maybe you got to go do something somewhere. I don't, I don't know you. I don't know what your life is. You can find the podcast. Every part of the show included in the podcast. Every night I try to post it right after six o'clock. Sometimes I slip up and it takes a couple hours or I do it in the morning. But 90% of the time it's posted right after six o'clock. Just look up Wisco Sports Show wherever you find your podcasts. 608-796-2558 if you want to call or text the show as Cohen Roller did, as Ed in Madison did. Surprised Ed could work us into his busy schedule in which he calls other shows. I get a t- Speaking of listeners in Madison, I got a text here from Eric in Madison on Yelich being back. He says Yelich gets to hit against Flaherty, Montgomery, and Wainwright during this next series. And he also lists the ERA of those guys. I don't know if this is their ERA versus Yelich. I'm thinking it must just be their ERA. 618 for Flaherty, 411 for Montgomery and Wainwright, who is, how is he still pitching? His ERA is 7.2. Eric says we can really argue him back or not during the off day on Thursday. No, no, no. By Thursday, we've moved on, Eric. We're, we're, today is Yelich back. This is, we're doing it now. It's here. It says two home runs and two other multi-base hits, and he is back in all capital letters. Thank you for the uh, emphasis on the word back. Thank you for the text, Eric. On the home runs, okay, we remember Yelich as this prolific power hitter in 2018 and in 2019. He won the MVP in 2018, and then he might as well have won it in 19. He improved all of his numbers. Bellinger got it the next year, I think, Mike Trout won it on the other side in the AL in 19. I'm 99% sure I have that right. His stats got better in 2019. He didn't win MVP, but he was just as good, if not better. Problem is he got hurt at the end of the year, broke his kneecap. Okay. We remember him as some prolific power hitter. And he hit a ton of home runs, but especially in his MVP year, I think we misremember just a little bit how those home runs were stacked up. And David Gasper has reminded of this, uh, or us of this. David Swole Gasper, according to Ed, 
by Andrew Wagner, our friend uh, from Forbes. And now he's doing tile work. I always see his pictures. I get a kick out of that. I love arguing back and forth on Twitter with Andrew. We've talked to Kurt Hogue about this. Anyone we've talked to about the Brewers has brought this up. Even when Yelich was hitting 30-plus home runs, 2018, 2019, they came in bunches, especially in 2018. In 2018, Yelich hit 11 home runs in August and 10 home runs in September. That's 21 of his total 36. He had 36 from or 36 home runs in 2018, and 21 of them, well over half, came within the last two months of the year. That really puts things into perspective. Right? Even when Yelich was winning MVPs, he was hitting like five or six homers a month. That's it. Right? And those totals went up a little bit in 2019, but like not much. It's very spread out, very hit and miss, and then he would get on hot streaks and really stack them up in these short condensed time windows and in the case of 2018 it was the last two months of the year we remember him as this guy who's hitting home runs every other night it wasn't really the case now in the month of may he's hitting 333 an ops and 962 he's got a double three home runs 10 rbis that's coming in 12 games if you just look at the last week he's hitting 400 with three home runs 10 rbis and, and all of those home runs came within like five at bats between saturday and sunday his launch angle is up Yelich hinted that in, in one of his media availabilities. I don't know if it was with Sophia or if it was at his locker after the game, basically saying, well, you can't hit home runs when you're banging the ball into the ground, right? And I looked up his launch angle today, and I don't really, I don't really understand how launch angle is communicated through data. I get how launch angle works, right? It's measuring the angle in which the ball comes off the bat. So if the angle is really, really big, means the ball's going straight up in the air. That's a pop fly. You don't want that. If the launch angle is almost negligible, that means the ball's getting hit on the ground. We don't want that. The problem is the launch angles, the average launch angles through the years, see 2019, Yelich's launch angle averaged 11.3 degrees. Let me sort his stats by launch angle here. So his best launch angle was 2019 when he averaged 11.3 degrees, which is bananas to me. 2020 was actually his second highest year in terms of launch angle. And this is what I'm saying. 2018, his launch angle in 2018, it averaged about five degrees. Because for a large portion of the season, he was hitting the ball on a line or he was hitting it on the ground. This is what I'm saying. He didn't drive the ball out of the ballpark in 2018 really until the last two months of the year. But at that point, his statistical profile had kind of bared out and his body of work had bared out, which is why you'd think, well, what, where's the best launch angle? Well, it's actually not his MVP year. It's 2019 because he hit more home runs in 2019. But then 2020, 2020, his best launch angles go 2019, 2020, 2023. He's actually doing a pretty good job of driving the ball right now. His launch angle is good. His exit velo is good. His stats are good. It's about being able to pull the ball. If he can just pull the ball a little bit here and there, as we saw him do this weekend, well, then that launch angle is, is good because he's not just flying out. He's driving the ball over the fence like we saw yesterday in that opening at bat. Or he's pulling the ball down the line or he's putting it into the gap, right? It's a more productive use of that power and of that height that he's putting on the ball. Just an occasional pull here and there. That's all it needs. Let's talk to Pete Monona. Pete, it's been a while. 608-796-2558. What's going on? Uh, I, I'm calling to uh, complain about people that complain about other people's salary 
which Whoa. which I hear on sports call-in shows all the time. With Yelich especially, I bet. Well, yeah, but I yeah, I've talked about this before. Either either you pay the going rate or just decide that you're going to be a triple A team. So, and and it just it just drives me crazy when people say, "Well, oh, I make too much money," as opposed to what? I mean, it, it it isn't like they're going out on the street and kidnapping people and then taking money out of their wallet and say, "Oh, you have to go see this game." And the other thing is that that uh, cheapskate, and he is a cheapskate that owns the Brewers. He he isn't paying one penny more for that, you know, in salaries than he he thinks he can afford and still make a profit. So, and 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 all those people that think that you know that feel sorry for him, why don't you have a GoFundMe and then and then and then shut up about it? Mm. But, oh, and 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 the last time I called, a guy said he called in. And, well, I own a business, and you don't know how hard it is. You, he, he sounds like he's delicate. I know it's hard, you know, for people in business. But once again, you're making you got a business because it's one, it's something that you like to do, and you think you can make money out of it. Uh, you're not doing anybody any favors. Oh, come on! And there's, either, there's local and, businesses that help people out and, and provide services. What are you talking about now? They're not do, yeah, but it's not like you couldn't find that business someplace else. You're not doing any. Well, you know what? Maybe a doc, You know, I, I, I'm for maybe the medical field, or or somebody that's a lawyer, or or somebody that's a dentist. But otherwise, than that, I mean, I can find another gift shop. Mm-hmm. You know, there are other farmers. I'm like, I don't have any. I, you know, I don't have anything against them. Now. You're going after farmers. Well, they, that's who's the, the, that's who does a lot of the the, the whining about it because yes. you know farming's tough, and so they're they're jealous of people in in show business. But that's just how capitalism is. So the next time you know, when on the Fourth of July and you, everybody's out there talking about what a wonderful country it is and. They got their hand over their heart and saying, "Golly, you know, I can, I can make a, you know, a fortune here." Well, not everybody does. So once again, I don't, you know, uh, that cheapskate, and he is a cheapskate that owns the the Brewers. He's yeah. not paying any more for those. And and the oh, I guess what got me, what set me off was this morning. Somebody, and it was on the Bill Michaels show, oh. the 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 management stooge show, and he was somebody texted him that, well, you think after this weekend that uh, 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 we could trade Yelich? No one's that stupid to make that oh. trade. I heard they're not that stupid. Pete, I heard that. I want that. Pete, that that was an awesome take. That was I, ten oh, out of ten. Okay, I want I I want the person who's stupid enough to make a trade <laughs> for for Yelich and take twenty seven million dollars for the next six years. You know, because he had one two good games to sure. call in and say why you would do it. There's my challenge. You know, if somebody is really actually that stupid to do that. <laughs> I think it, I think it was Phil's friend. And I got to take a break, Pete, because I got to get one more in before the hour. It was nice to hear. I was getting a kick when you call. Jarvis Ventus talking about something. Yeah, Bill was saying that one of his friends brought up to him that if Yelich is back, and I and I paraphrase Bill, I might have recorded it because I, th- I got such a kick out of it, that if Yelich is back, as I said that he is, I got a call on the yellow phone saying he is back. 
would it be best for the Brewers to trade him now while his value is high? And that that topic that was posed by Bill earlier today made my head explode. I said, whoa, we haven't even decided if he's back yet, and now we're already trying to trade him because he's back. I love it. So if Yelich is back, which, again, I've said that he is, should we trade him? His value's high. Pete. Pete, I love when you call. Please don't stop. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll come back, wrap up the first hour of the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bill's gonna talk about the brewers for a little while longer after five o'clock at some point i want to talk about the sixers losing in game seven yesterday the celtics moving on to the eastern conference finals again i stand by what i said about the celtics last week they are a massive waste of all of our time uh only more so after yesterday that coming up first uh jay krebs tweets in says farmers might complain but I'm a dairy farmer, and I've experienced more than a 50% pay cut from one month to another with all other bills staying the same or going up. Pete, don't have a clue. He can stay out of that lane. Yeah, Pete, let's stay out of I don't know why Pete was coming after farmers. I like Pete. I don't always know what Pete's going for when he calls. That's fine. Uh, I, Pete, you can fight the farmers by yourself because I'm not going after our farmers. I, I don't really know what you were going for. Yelich makes $26 million, but Pete, he's back. So now we're not going to complain about how much money he makes. This is all very cut and dry. We don't need to overcomplicate it. Let's get a two-minute update from our friend Zach Hopper and come back. Talk more Yelich and Brewers next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Oh, yeah! I wanted to do a Yelich's back show for like four years, three years. You guys ever go back and listen to really old episodes of sports radio or podcasts. Am I the only one who does that? Like, I have fond memories of a show that I used to listen to, and the internet's great because you can find old podcasts or old clips of, of everything. And you go back and you listen to sports radio from 2020, 2021, and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, it's just slumping. You know, last year was an anomaly. He'll come out of it. You're like, oh boy. We had no idea. <laughs> we didn't know. I... I I had so much fun watching him hit bombs this weekend. And, of course, as I talked about with Cohen and I said back at 4 o'clock, it was really nice to see Bryce Terang get into one and Joey Weimer have a moment on Friday night or Saturday night hitting that sack fly. A very fun weekend of Brewers baseball. But, Grant, it was against the Royals. But, Colin, the Royals are terrible. I don't care. They got swept by the Rockies last week. Everyone's like, oh, how do you get swept by one of the worst teams in baseball? Well, now they've swept one of the other worst teams in baseball. So I'm going to enjoy it. 
Don't rain on my parade today. The music is working. I can play audio unlike last weekend. The phone, knock on wood, isn't having issues. Like, this is a great day. Yelich is back. We haven't even cracked into the NBA yet. We have a game seven to talk about between now and six o'clock. Let's go. Let's go. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and I hope you're having a great night. You can call the show to talk Yelich. You can text the show to talk Yelich. You can call and text anytime, 608-796-2558. Joe and Bruce says saying Yelich is back is like saying Embiid did everything possible to try and win game seven. Well, okay, if we just want to badmouth Embiid, we can just do that. I, I don't know if they're super connected. I don't know. I've been so annoyed by NBA fans and NBA talkers and podcasters and writers. It's just, it's way too up and down, Joe. It's way too up and down. We can't celebrate and sing the praises of Joel Embiid a week and a half ago for this, that, the other thing. And then he loses game seven, and all of a sudden, habitual loser, immature child, Sixers should blow it up. It's like, whoa, can we relax just a bit, just a little bit? And it's not even that I'm I'm anti being negative, like, oh, we have to be sunshine and rainbows all the time. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, can we be balanced in our analysis? Like, we we shouldn't be able to say one thing one week and then immediately turn around and say the exact opposite at a week or two later just because the result went differently. We knew that this was, a, like, the Sixers were not favored in the series against the Celtics. And now all of a sudden people are backtracking takes, bad-mouthing Embiid. This has kind of always been who Embiid is. It's difficult to have as big of an impact in a playoff series as a big man like Embiid. James Harden's always been ass in the playoffs, and Doc Rivers, for whatever reason, has never won big games. None of this should be shocking, and people are acting like it's like it's, it's the most surprising thing I've ever seen. I don't get it, Joe. I don't get it, Joe and Bruce. We'll talk basketball in a little bit. Bob and Madison uh, reacting to the prompt that Bill Michaels gave earlier today, and I think Pete from Monona called out. I don't know if he called out Bill or Bill's friend. I, I don't know what Pete was going at, but I was listening to the Bill Michaels show right after 10 o'clock. And Bill, when talking about Yelich, said that a friend mentioned to him this weekend, well, if Yelich is back, should we should we trade him? Does that mean we can trade him because his value is high again? And I, I was, I think I was making a toaster waffle at home at the time. I'm like, oh, my God, that's the greatest topic ever. <laughs> that's the most incredible topic ever. He's still making almost $30 million a year. And he's he's still not even close to the superstar he was when he got paid. Bob and Madison responds to that. He said, sure, why not trade Yelich? Why not just trade all the fan favorites and all the great locker room guys? Isn't that what the Brewers always do? Good point, Bob. That is what they do. Send him to the Padres. Why not? Can meet up with Trent Grisham and Josh Hader. Some some other Brewer greats that have both excelled in in high-level playoff moments for the Brewers. They tag-teamed an iconic playoff moment against the Nationals in 2019. Yelich has the same face as Timmy from South Park, says Duck and Holman. Duck, I don't know if you can say that, and I feel like that was actually probably on me to censor, although he is a television character, so I think we're, we're probably fine. Awesome weekend series from the Brewers. Friday night is a reminder that the Brewers got to win the Corbin Burns starts, and they should win them rather easily, especially against bad teams like the Royals, right? They need length from Burns. They need productivity. They need long, dominant starts where he goes deep into games and really makes life easy on the team for that night. Because if they lose Friday with Corbin Burns on the mound, then all of a sudden, Saturday you got Adrian Hauser. Sunday you got Colin Ray. 
that's how look, mark this down okay the next brewers losing streak will start with a corbin burns loss because that's how things are going to snowball if corbin burns has a bad start and the brewers aren't able to score and support him and they got to use the bullpen on a corbin burns night well then all of a sudden the bullpen is already behind the eight ball for the next day in which you're not going to have nearly as good of a pitcher. You're going to have Adrian Hauser on the mound. Okay, well, you're already behind the eight ball. You're in a way worse starting pitching position. And then the next day, you got Colin Ray slash Eric Lauer. Now, they got Freddie Peralta tonight. But losing a Corbin Burns start is a great way to start a little slide or to get swept or to lose four or five in a row. Does that make sense? So to lock down that win on Friday night, to secure the game that you have to secure, that's very important. A Saturday night, Adrian Hauser was Adrian Hauser. He gave up eight hits in four innings. That's really impressive. It's really impressive. Only two strikeouts, as I said earlier in the show. It's not a Freddie Peralta situation where Freddie Peralta will throw a ton of pitches and he'll face a ton of batters, but he's got the put-away pitches to retire guys, even with runners on base, right, to put away guys in deep counts, right? Freddie Peralta sometimes works harder than he needs to. That was not what Adrian Hauser was doing on Saturday. Adrian Hauser's just not the greatest. He doesn't have the put-away stuff. Greinke struck out his thousandth hitter. It was Joey Weimer, uh, one of the worst called strikes I've ever seen. Yelich hit two homers, the first of which he pulled. It looked really legit, right? And that kind of set the stage for Sunday when he let off the game with a massive home run that he pulled again. Okay. Call me intrigued. Call me interested. Craig Council said after the game yesterday, that it's it's very difficult to tell not if Christian Yelich is back or not because I don't think a manager would partake in uh, such debate. But he was asked about Christian Yelich and his progression and how he's playing really well right now. Again, uh, we don't we don't know exactly. You know, you guys ask me that all the time. It's it's a baseball season. Um, if we if you know if we had all the answers to those kind of questions, and this would be a different sport. Um, but he's he's swinging the bat well. That's why he, that's why you play guys every single day because they have the ability to do this. Um, and he's found a little nice little stretch here where he's squaring some balls up. Uh, Justin tweets in. He says, "What happened to not worrying about baseball until after Memorial Day?" Oh no 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 no! We don't check the standings until Memorial Day. Uh, as a tribute to Seth Everett, legend guest of the Bill Michaels Show for many many years, you don't check the standings until Memorial Day. I watch a ton of baseball, and if it's interesting, we'll talk about it. We're going to talk about the NBA here in a little bit because we've been going for an hour and ten minutes on the Brewers. Uh, We worry about the Brewers. We talk about the Brewers when they give us something to talk about. We just don't check the standings until Memorial Day. I can see how I have uh, been misleading on that topic. However, thank you, Justin. Craig Council also said last night, we are getting to the point now where we got to find some guys and get them rest because the season has been... How many games in are we now? I'm going to pull up the schedule here just to have a good idea. I like looking at the calendar view because then I can see the off days. They can see what's going on. And they have an off day this Thursday. The Brewers are 23 and 17. Uh, Don't tell me that would mean they have played how many games? Bueller? Bueller? How many games? 40 games? Thank you. (laughs) They played 40 games. They have an off day on Thursday. They're getting to the point where they... Need to rest some guys, especially with injuries to Garrett Mitchell, right? And injuries to Luis Arias. They they just don't have as many guys. So, need to get some rest. And Owen Miller playing really, really well and batting really well. That makes it easier, right? Now, Luke 
Voigt is on the aisle with a neck injury. Did I see that correctly today? They made a bunch of moves, including getting Dylan Roof, Dylan Ruff from San Francisco. I'm still not 100% sure how to say that name. A guy who can hit lefties. So him and Brasso, maybe they can play those guys at the same time. You're really a lefty specialist lineup. I don't know what it is with this team and lefties. Yeah, they claimed Dylan Roof or Darren, not Dylan, Darren, excuse me. The lineup tonight is Yelich, Winker, Adamas, Telez, Contreras, Brian Anderson, Bryce Terang, Tyrone Taylor, Joey Weimer, Freddie Peralta. Made some moves today. I'm tracking them all down. A flurry of moves, I guess someone would say. Trevor McGill came up from AAA. Colin Ray sent down. He was just poor yesterday. Brandon Woodruff went to the 60-day, but that was to make room for Darren Roof. Luke Voigt placed on the 10-day with a strained neck. I could see how he would strain his neck. Uh, he doesn't keep his neck warm because his jersey is so unbuttoned, and, and therefore he's prone to strains. So maybe let's maybe let's wear a neck gaiter or just button our jersey all the way up. Or maybe let's put a, an honest-to-goodness jogger on the base paths, uh, at least on a single, instead of uh, admiring a single out of the box. A single that should have been a double. I'm talking about the one in San Francisco. Chucking on Alaska says, I'm a Twins fan, and I will check the standings daily. If we were in first place. I need a good piece of news. Uh, I get it when it comes to the Twins. Chuck, I'll be honest. I check the standings every day, too. I just, I preach the gospel of Seth Everett, which is we don't check the standings until Memorial Day. So for show purposes, I don't check the standings. But between you and me, I check them every day. Brewers are in first. Pirates have fallen, uh out of the catbird seat in the NL Central. Who could have seen that coming? Right now, if we look at the standings, just have a good idea on top to bottom because the Cardinals are in last. The Cardinals are off to a dismal start. The Cardinals are seven and a half games behind the Brewers. So if the Brewers win a couple here, put them back to eight and a half, nine and a half back, it'd be pretty dope. I, I just love the idea, and I don't know if it was Ed and Madison who called in earlier or who it was, kind of mentioned that the Brewers could really, really kind of step on the Cardinals' throats. It's funny to me that it's May 15th, and we're like, man, we could really deal a blow. As if we're coming down the stretch, like, was that last year? Was that in 2021? I think it was in 2021 when uh, when the Brewers were coming down the stretch. They had a chance to put away the Cardinals. They didn't, and then the Cardinals got red hot, and we were all frustrated. We are like, I thought we ended the Cardinals' season. We're talking about the Cardinals right now the same way we talked about them two years ago in September which is how bad of a start the Cardinals got off to. Like, that just speaks to how poor they've been. But their run differential is better than the Reds, who they trail in the standings. It's still not good, but it's better than the Reds. Uh, they would also be in third place in the NL West. They would be in fourth place in the NL East. The NL Central is just such a poor division. The distance between first to last is, it's just, it's not the gap that it would be in other divisions. So I guess that's the silver lining. For Cardinals fans, Darren Ruff, Richie says in Eau Claire, I, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not taking the blame for this. I was listening to another show earlier today, the one that Ed's always calling, and I was told that it was Darren Roof. A friend told me it was Dylan Roof. I thought it was Ruff too. I knew it. I should have trusted my gut. Thank you, Richie. I knew they were wrong on that other show. Why was I listening? I was listening because I thought maybe Ed Madison would call. Traitor. Although he said he saves his A stuff for this show, so I'll take it. 608-796-2558. Appreciate the call. We're going to get to the NBA here in a couple of minutes. Uh, Just, I guess, to tie a bow on our Brewers discussion from today. I think Yelich is back. I I think 
I think that Yelich is a lot closer to playing the way that he played in 18 and 19 than we all think. We remember Yelich those years as, oh, my God, he had 40 bombs. He had 36 bombs. He had 35 bombs. Yeah, he did. But for most of, especially his 2018 season, he averaged five a month, five or six a month tops. And then he got to the end of the year, and all of a sudden he hit 10 in September, 10 in August, and half of his home runs were hit between the last two months of the year. So if Yelich can put the ball in play and maybe hit some more doubles, pull him down the line, put him in the gap, Yelich is actually a lot closer to his MVP type of player than I think we think he is. We think he's leagues behind where he used to be because he used to hit 40 home runs. Yeah, but the home run totals and the way those season totals came together, a little misleading. A little. Now, Yelich has been so poor in spots, I I, I get where you would push back on what I'm saying, but I, I don't think Yelich is leagues away from being the very, very good productive player he was in 18-19. Got to pull the ball a little bit more. Right and, and got to get the extra base hits and then mix in the home runs when you can against subpar pitching or when you're really feeling it. Yelich was always more of a streaky home run hitter, I think, than we like to remember and we like to admit. Let's take a three minute break. We'll come back. We can wrap up our Brewers talk. I want to talk basketball because yesterday's game seven got people really worked up. I want to discuss that next. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you hanging out. If you want to call and text the show to talk Brewers, to talk basketball, I want to talk NBA. Big game seven yesterday. I uh, I watched some of it. I kind of figured the Celtics were going to win. I kind of figured that Harden and Embiid were not going to no-show, but not going to be their spectacular selves. Figured that the scoring would drop a little bit for Embiid. I didn't think Jason Tatum would go for 50, but it doesn't really change how I feel about him. Or the Celtics. I was driving back for my folks yesterday, too. So I listened to a little bit of the Brewer game and then caught the fourth quarter. But by the fourth quarter, it was out of hands. So I'm like, I'm not wasting my time watching this. Uh, I believe I... <laughs> I believe instead I watched uh, really old episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I don't know exactly when that show hit its stride, but I don't enjoy the early seasons nearly as much as... Nearly as much as the new ones. And I don't think it's just a quality thing. Like, it's a quality thing for Always Sunny. I watch Always Sunny in the first two or three seasons. Like, they filmed it on a potato. It looks so bad to the point where I actually struggle to enjoy it. I don't think that's the case for Curb. I think it genuinely got funnier and it started to look better. I think both can be true. But I didn't watch any of Celtic Sixers. I don't have to. I know both of these teams and I know how the Eastern Conference Finals is going to go as well. I'll give you my prediction. Nay, not a prediction. I will spoil the Eastern Conference Finals for you in a couple of minutes. But first, we're going to talk to Ridge Runner Mark. 608-796-2558. What's going on, Mark? Uh, not much. I just wanted to give my two cents on the NBA and all the playoffs that's going on. You know, yeah. big-time uh, Milwaukee Bucks fan, but I am firmly in the camp of I'm a casual. So okay. the Bucks aren't in. And as it is, when they are in the playoffs, when they won, I didn't watch any of the games, which is part of the reason why I think they won, because every time I turn it to them, they start to play like crap. Yep. Um, but uh, 
I, at this point, I'm rooting for the Nuggets. Me too. Simply for the simple fact they've never won it. I care less about any other teams in there. They've all had their championship. LeBron, I'm just tired of him. As good as he is, I'm just tired of him. And the Celtics, I kind of feel the same way you do. I'm not a fan. Well... You know, let's be let's be accurate on the Celtics, though. They have had their, their days in the sun. Most of them came before the invention of a cell phone, however. The Celtics have, what, one, one uh, finals win in the last, uh, say, 40 years or something. So the Celtics, you know, we think of them as, as a perennial contender and a team that wins rings, but they, they really don't. Uh, now, LeBron, yes. I've, I've actually started to enjoy LeBron a little bit. I've never been a big LeBron guy, but... Age thirty, whatever he, however old he is, and age or in year twenty, I actually am enjoying yeah. watching LeBron. I could cheer for this Lakers team. I can't cheer for the Lakers though because they're they. Fair. I have that Midwest bias of you know the Lakers, the Celtics, the big the big market teams. That's quote unquote who everybody yeah. wants to win, and you know the conspiracy theory of well they want those teams to win, so they're going to make sure things that happen their way which I know probably isn't true, although, eh, who knows. Um, but you know what? The Nuggets have never won it, and I kind of do that whenever any of my teams are not in the playoffs. I root for the team that hasn't done it or hasn't done it lately. Well, here, so, here, here, Mark, let me give you another reason to cheer for yeah. the Nuggets. The Nuggets are a team sure. that have built it slowly and not made any drastic emergency, you know, push the eject button type of moves over the last couple of years. So they have yeah. Jokic. Very much. Yeah. They've brought yeah. Michael Porter Jr. along slowly. They brought Jamal Murray and they've come up short. They came up short in the bubble and then they came up short last year due to injuries and a lot of teams, because I think the NBA is a really immature league, a lot of teams would say, we got to do something. We got to trade somebody. Right. Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. can't work together. We gotta nope. They've said, this will line up for us one year. We just need to stay at it, sure. keep trying, and eventually we're going to get over the hump. And I really like when teams do that. So that's another reason right. I would love to see the Nuggets make it. Yeah. Very very blue collar. Or, or, yeah. yeah. Blue collar? Yes. I don't know, whatever. The mid, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm at. So, But I figured I'd just help uh, enhance your NBA talk by putting my <laughs> two cents in. Uh, you, uh, you get well, a turkey this weekend? I did not, but my Son buddy did. Okay. Um but that's okay. I prefer that he get one. He's never shot. He, uh, as he said, and I might have mentioned, he was defeated by the terrain. He's used to hunting on flat, open fields, and we don't have flat, open fields here. So Soft. it felt good to kind of just set him up in the right spot, and uh, they walked right to him. He sounded really sexy as a hen, and then he shot one. I Sometimes when I go with friends, I enjoy, like if I go fishing or hunting with friends, sometimes I, I enjoy watching my friend get a fish more than more than catching on myself because then i can run over let me get a picture let me help you net it like i i i get a lot of joy watching my friends have success so i can definitely sympathize with you this, on this yeah yeah it was a lot of fun uh, i hadn't been hunting in years so it was good to get back out there and um you know just check things out and just enjoy silence yeah getting rained on a little bit wasn't necessarily fun but you know that's what rain gears for yeah. Um, but, yeah, overall, it was a, a successful weekend at my book. All right. Appreciate you, Mark. Nice to hear from you. Yeah. Chat at you later, sir. Have a good one. That is uh, Ridge Runner Mark, who calls us uh, from the hills behind Granddad's Bluff. I'm glad you had a successful turkey hunt. Your friend did well. Sometimes I like watching my friend or if I'm you – know, I used to go deer hunting with my dad. I would get more enjoyment out of sometimes watching somebody else do well. You know, really watching my buddy hook into a nice fat fish. I run down there, grab the net. Oh, let, me, let me help. Let me help. I mean, to get a picture, you know, just involving myself in any way, living vicariously through my friend. 
do my dad when he'd get a deer. So I, I definitely know where you're coming from, Mark. Appreciate the call. I think I'm cheering for the Nuggets, but I'm also not against the Lakers. Like, if the Lakers beat the Nuggets, I'm not going to be upset about it. I think there's lots of reasons. If you are kind of middle of the road on LeBron, I've been middle of the road a lot of my life. Or if you like LeBron, maybe you're a big LeBron fan. I think there's lots of reasons to cheer for LeBron. It would be a really cool accomplishment for him to make a finals at this age. LeBron's become a victim of his own success in that we don't bat an eye that he's still playing at this level in year 20 when... Like, the next closest old guy in the league is Chris Paul, and he can't really stay on the floor at all. And LeBron is one of the best players on his team, at least. Like, Anthony Davis is probably the best defender, right? LeBron is the best kind of probably all-around player on the team, even at at his age. He's putting up, you know, Jalen Brown-type scoring numbers the last two rounds. He's been outstanding. And part of me wants to see old LeBron do it. I also really like D'Angelo Russell. I really like Darvin Ham. I'm not anti-Rui Hachimura. I'm not anti-Austin Reeves. I'm not anti-Anthony Davis. I'm anti-Anthony Davis. People who always want to make it like Anthony Davis. He's the best player in the league. Well, sometimes. I've always said about Anthony Davis, I believe it. 10% of the time, he is 110% of what Giannis is. Anthony Davis, at his very best, might actually be the best player in basketball. And I think he's a better version of Giannis. The problem is he can only tap into that 110% about 10% of the time. And uh, as I was reminded last night, I believe in a Twitter space that availability is the best availability and consistency is is very important. And that's Giannis. Giannis has that over Anthony Davis, even if his ceiling isn't as high as Anthony Davis. But I feel like people have really started to kind of find sea level with Anthony Davis. What to expect of him, what his role should be on a contending team. There's lots of ups and downs throughout the way, injuries here and there, but I... I feel like at least the last couple of weeks, people have, have allowed water to find its level when they Anthony Davis. And that makes it a lot more tolerable when people are hyping him up or, or, or criticizing him. I feel like it's it's balanced. It's warranted. We're being fair with Anthony Davis. Maybe it just took us a while to get there. I'm not anti-Lakers. I'm probably more pro-Nuggets than I am pro-Lakers. Aaron Gordon is awesome. And Bruce Brown was such an awesome signing. And, and what I told Mark, The Nuggets are a team that has been building this version of this team for years. They've been building it up. They come up short one year, and they're like, okay, we weren't healthy. We're going to run it back, but we're going to add this guy. All right, we came up short. Well, we're going to actually jettison this guy, but replace him with this guy. We're going to reorganize the guys on the fringes, the bench players. But our core, to its core, is Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray. Those are our guys. And the way in which the Nuggets have stuck with those guys, even through back injury to Michael Porter Jr., knee injury to Jamal Murray. Last year, no one was healthy. They didn't blink during the offseason. They said, no, we're a really good team. We just need to get healthy. We need to get a full season under our belt for Murray and Porter Jr. and these guys that need to recover. And they're being rewarded for their patience now. And there are too many NBA teams that have no patience whatsoever. I always bring up this example. If you were listening last week, I know I brought up this example uh, the 2016-2017 Rockets, 2017-2018 Rockets, maybe 2017-18, the Chris Paul Rockets, the one year Chris Paul was there. And they made the conference finals, and they missed like 27 threes in a row. Just really, really bad luck. Really bad luck. They were the second-best team in basketball. That year was definitive. The team that came out of the West was going to beat LeBron's Cavs because the Rockets were so much better And the Warriors were so much better. Whatever team was able to come out of the West was going to win the title. 
And the Rockets almost did it. And that offseason, they traded Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. And you're like, what are you what are you doing? You were right there. Some shooting luck goes your way. But but Daryl Morey's always been that way. So many NBA front office people have been that way. If you come up short, got it, gotta do something. These two players can't can't play together, gotta trade. Gotta wheel and deal. Fire the coach. You look right now at the NBA. The Bucks fired their coach. Suns fired their coach. Sixers will probably fire their coach. The Celtics might have moved on from Joe Missoula if they would have lost the series. Everyone is out on Joe Missoula. Now they're all magically back in. Funny how that works. Tatum made plays, and all of a sudden he's a good coach again, right? Everyone's out on their coach. Everyone's out on their superstar. Everyone thinks every team should blow it up. It's just overreaction central every year at this time. And I appreciate the teams like the Bucks that say, even though they fired their coach this year, there's years where they've come up short in the past, and they said, no, 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 we believe in our core. We need to get better at this. Our guys need to improve this part of their game. We need to add this guy along the fringes. We're going to stay the path, and one of these years it's going to line up for us, and it lined up for the Bucks in 2021, and they took what good luck they got, and they charged forward, and they won a finals, right? Sometimes it's not your year. Sometimes it is your year. You just need to make sure that when things line up for you, you get a little injury luck, you get a little bounce of the ball luck, a little fishing luck, you make the most of it and you win a title. That's what the Bucks did. And this year, I think the same is happening for the Nuggets. They're healthy. I think they got a reasonably good draw. The Celtics, or not the Celtics, the Suns weren't at full strength. I don't know if the Lakers are as good as the Nuggets. The Lakers got a good path here. The Nuggets got a good path here. The Nuggets got to take advantage of this. I'm sorry, I'm tripping over words. But you get what I'm trying to say. Let's take a five-minute break. We'll come back. I want to talk more about the Sixers and the Celtics. Before I do, Jeremy and Scotty says, what exactly is there to like about D'Lo? D'Lo's awesome. That's what there is to like about D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell has never been appreciated anywhere he was. He was in Minnesota, and all Timberwolves fans wanted to do was blame him. Oh, D'Angelo Russell. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know. Maybe your front office shouldn't have given away all your good role players and defenders to go get Rudy Gobert. Right? Maybe Rudy Gobert is a little immature. Maybe Carl Anthony Towns was hurt the entire year. D'Angelo Russell took the blame. D'Angelo Russell had a good thing going in Brooklyn, and they ran him out of town. They ran the coach out of town. They ran Kenny Atkinson out of town. Deloading. Because deloading's fun. That's why. What is that clear to like about D'Angelo Russell? Can't you just like basketball players because they're fun? Thank you, Jeremy and Scotty at Yelwad for the tweet. You can find me at Wisco Grant. You can text and call the show 608-796-2558. Let's take a five-minute break. Wisco Sports Show back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Twitter mentions and on the talk and text line. D'Angelo Russell is awesome. Why do you guys push back? He's a Big Ten guy. He's playing for the Lakers. That's the perfect spot for him. I have a lot of players, a lot of players in the NBA who I love. Wouldn't want him on my team. But I love him. Wouldn't want D'Angelo Russell on my team. Let me be clear about that. I, I like watching him somewhere else. I like, I like watching him elsewhere. 608. 7962558. We're reacting to Sixers Celtics yesterday, talking some NBA playoffs, Western Conference Finals. Shout out to Ridge Runner Mark. He's in on the Nuggets. I'm 100% down with that, although I'm not anti Lakers either. If you want to chime in on the Brewers, you can do that as well. Let's talk to Daniel and Madison. 608 What's going on, Daniel? Well, you know, I'm here to talk about the Brewers. Uh, 
I hope I didn't miss the uh, Christian Yelich discussion completely. Uh, you well, you did, but I'm down to keep having the discussion. He's back, uh, in my opinion. I proclaimed it at about four eighteen. We got a call on the yellow phone. If if you didn't hear that, you're gonna. It's a new bit. We'll keep it going. But he's back. Yeah, I I was gonna say, um, I haven't. I don't think I've seen him walk up to the plate and just like he's got like that smirk or that smug look. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like I remember it from 2018, 2019 when he went up to the plate and he was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to knock this out of the park and it's going to go deep, right? No doubt. You know? Yep. I haven't seen that in three years. He is, I am, I'm going to agree with you. He is absolutely back. I, I, First of all, I love that you didn't call to argue. I don't know, that home run yesterday that he pulled out to left field, I was like, I'm with you. I'm with you, Daniel. I have not seen that. There's a little F you when he threw down the bat. He pulled one on Saturday, too. If he can actively and aggressively pull the ball, he's hit it hard. He's hit it hard the last couple of years. It's just been straight into the ground. If he can just elevate it a little bit, I I don't know. I, I'm with you. I think he well, is I, back. I don't know if, if you were listening to uh, Rock Talk about Christian Yelich making adjustments um, from last year or the last couple of years to this year, he was talking about launch angle. And I think that's just hilarious because I, I haven't really heard much about launch angle since like 2018. Interesting. You know, like that was like a big topic when Aaron Judge first started hitting and uh, Giancarlo Stanton was hitting, you know, like it was launch angle, launch angle, launch angle. And now Rock was talking about how Yelich never cared about launch angle because he was always hitting these line drive home runs. And then the last couple of years, all of his line drives were getting caught. So he's like making a conscious effort to hit it above 30 degrees. And now he's got seven or eight home runs in the last four weeks. Well, you know? and, and just, so, something I said earlier too, Daniels, we remember 2018 and 2019, I think, I think, Wrong, wrongly, incorrectly. We don't remember correctly because he hit almost 40 runs in 2018, but more than 20 of them came in August and September. Like, he wasn't a guy even in his MVP year that was hitting a ton of home runs. He'd hit four, five, six a month, but then he got red hot at the end of the year, and that really made that home run number maybe a little bit bigger than it should have been for a player like Yelich. So maybe that kind of warped what we came to expect. I also remember him having some, like, foul pole home runs where mm -hmm. they could have been fouls. They could have been home runs. And it was like every single one just fit right inside the pole, you know? Yeah. So there was, there was some measuring tape home runs there, but like at the same time, I, I just, I love the swagger and the confidence that he's up there with. And I mean, we're paying him 20 something million dollars, right? He's supposed to be doing this. Yeah, and we've been deprived of it for three years. So it just feels even even though the team's not like hitting on all cylinders, you feel good because your best players doing well right now. You know what I mean? He um in the month of May, or let's just do last seven games because the stats look better, and we both believe he's back. So let's use the stats that make us feel right. Uh, over his last seven games, he's hitting four hundred with three home runs, ten RBIs. I, I just if if you're getting the doubles. Can I see some more doubles, right? I'm not going to hold my breath and, and judge his success just on home runs. Although if you judge his success on home runs the last couple of days, he's doing pretty well. Can I get some doubles? Can we drive a ball into the gap? Could we really connect, right? Because a lot of the hits, they're just, 
you know, little little stoinkers to right field. He's going opposite field and it's just barely getting over the infield. Let's, let's see him drive the ball. And even if it's not going over the fence, that's a huge step in the right direction. Well, and the other the other side of the coin there is when he's not hitting home runs, he's doing things that are like winning baseball plays, like the steal that turned into three steals, mm-hmm. you know, like stuff like that, forcing errors out of the, like running out ground balls, which I sometimes have a problem with Rowdy, like walking up the line, but whatever, that's, that's a separate topic. Yeah. But, you know, he's like, he's always sprinting around. He's always like falls to the wall right now. Like it's at least that's what it feels like. And I like that Christian Yelich because it, it just kind of felt like he's been nonchalant or just not a hundred percent engaged. Yeah. He's probably and frustrated. I can he's beaten down. Yeah. I, and I can, I can totally see where it comes from. I'm, I mean, I played baseball. You get in a slump. It's like, I guess I never got in a three year slump, but <laughs> like you get in a slump and then you start feeling like every time you get up to the play, you know, it's okay, well, I better not strike out this time, you know? Yeah. And that's like your mindset going into each at bat. Of course, it's not going to yield good results. Like I just, it's, it's nice to see him up there happy yeah, and not just happy for the team, but happy for his own success. Well, and so. I, like I heard Bill talking about this a couple of weeks ago. I, I think that there is, there's been discussion over the last couple of years, like, we're really nice to Yelich. You know, how would they treat Christian Yelich in Philly? Or how would they treat him like we're letting him get away with stealing $26 million? And I heard Bill mention this a couple weeks ago. What do you want me to say? Do you want me to come on the air every day and rag on this guy and complain about this guy? No one wants to listen to that, first of all. That's not helping anyone or anything, second of all. And I guess I don't really have a third of all. My point is, like, I want him to succeed. We become so negative with Yelich. It's almost like we like we enjoy him failing because that makes us feel better like that that feels like we have a, an outlet for our frustration. I I had a blast watching him play this weekend. You also have to be Midwest nice. Yeah. And that's part of being a, a Packer Brewer Badger fan. Yeah. You, you just have to like sometimes you have to put up with crap and you just have to be nice about it. Like that's that's part of the allure of playing here is like sometimes if you play like crap, you're you're not going to have to deal with That's true. Your your Philly fans or your well, and, and New York is, fans. This is the team that acquired him, brought him here, paid him. You're always going to get a warmer reception, and you're always going to feel better around that crowd. Like Aaron Rodgers, for example. Aaron Rodgers had it made here. Even though the team wasn't going to Super Bowls and winning championships, it was his crowd. We had the memories. We had the nostalgia with him. So it's, it's just a home factor. No matter if that's in the Midwest or the West Coast or, or East Coast or, or wherever, I think the home fans are always just going to give you more of the benefit of the doubt. Whereas if Yelich were to get traded, all of a sudden that, that fan base, they don't have that background. Yelich or uh, Rodgers with the Jets, Jets fans are expecting it to work right away. And if it doesn't, they're probably not going to be as patient as some Packers fans would be. That's just the way that it goes. Oh, definitely. And I said one more thing to say about Christian, and yeah. that is um, he is not that old. And he's less than five years removed from an MVP. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's it's not like his career is over and this is just, like, one last burst. I don't – at least that's not the way people should be looking at it. Because he's – what is he, 29 or 30? I, yeah. he's, not, he's not done. So I, I think that people being like, oh, well, we should just hope we can get what we can get out of him now. It's like, okay, well – 
I know the last three years haven't been great, but you got to think that Christian Yelich still thinks he's Christian Yelich, you know? I hope so. so. Yeah, I mean, I... And I think that the knee injury played a role, and I think his back was jacked up too. Like the little tiny injuries that we don't see, like have a big impact on these players. Talk to someone who plays baseball, just the smallest injury that messes up the mechanics of your swing or or just puts a little bit of an ounce of doubt in your mind that you can or, or can't do something. That makes a difference. So these are all factors. Not making excuses for Yash, but just trying to explain maybe what's happened. And it's, it's not a game of inches. It's a game of millimeters. It is. So. Correct. Because those inches turn yep. into feet and then the feet turn into, you know, that's the difference between a home run. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between putting the ball in the air and, and putting the ball in the ground. Uh, Daniel, before I let you go, what's the word on the street like in Madison? Is morale low now that we know that Ben Kenny is, is headed back to Philly? It's weird. Do you know what he's leaving for? I, I heard that he was leaving and I didn't know what. Yeah, he what said he, was um, for. he announced today. I saw him tweet about it. So I think I'm, I'm good to pass this on. But he's going to he's got a job at WIP, which is the big sports talk station in Philly. I think it's probably where he's always good for him. Yeah, no kidding. Right. Yeah. Back in his hometown. That's that's what you that's what you want. Exactly. Uh, we'll miss him, obviously, yeah. but. Good for him. Zach Heilpern will miss him. I'm hoping Zach starts to become more of my friend. That's my angle here is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this to cozy up to Zach and we can assume our a professional but also, you know, friendly relationship. Zach and I have always been friends. It's more of a one-sided friendship, hoping to, uh, hoping to change that. I got to take one last break. Uh, I got to take one last break, Daniel. I'm sorry to let you go, but I got to yeah. run. Yeah, have a good one. You as well. And I got a text from Dylan. I can't read that, Dylan. Sorry I called you Dylan, Daniel. It's too many D's. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll come back. Wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show last couple of minutes. I have a lot of things to say about the Celtics and the Sixers. Game seven was yesterday. We'll do that tomorrow because tonight we had to talk about Christian Yelich, and uh, he's back. He is back. I'm glad Daniel and Madison called in and just agreed with me for seven or eight minutes there. That, that was needed. Thank you for the thank you for the support, Daniel. Let's talk to Tony in Texas before we start to wrap up the show. Six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight. What's going on, Tony? Hey, you know, I can relate to Yelich a little bit, Grant. You know, mm-hmm. in, in the dating game, when you're out there, it, it's rough, man. It's brutal. And sometimes you yeah. go through slumps, and sometimes you're on a heater. Lucky, Luckily for me right now, I'm on a heater, Grant. Oh. But, you know, these, these slumps in baseball and in life and in dating, it can screw with your mind. And I think that's what Christian's been dealing with. I think the back was an issue, but then ultimately, can he still deliver? Does he have the power the guy, the guy's a good player. I, I just, I hope he comes back and, and makes that contract salvageable because it's going to be tough for the Brewers to get out of it. But a good Christian Yelich is good for the Brewers and good for Milwaukee and and uh, you know, good for Mark Antonaccio also because I don't think Mark A is going to want to spend the money after that contract. No, probably not. I think it's good vibes. Like if Yelich all of a sudden is is playing really well and has good energy and good confidence, I think that spreads to everybody else. And I think that's kind of what happened in 2018, Absolutely. right? Where you see one powerhouse hitter basically lift up the rest of the offense. 
Right, right. Hey, and, and you know, we're talking about dating and going out and having a good time. Guys, yeah. if you have a nice shirt, a good tan, you know, just walk out there with confidence, you're, you're going to find a lady. And I got to talk about this guy that was a nerd at Marquette, Jimmy Butler, a little bit. Uh-huh. Jimmy Butler was this nerd from Texas that Buzz Williams found from the JC ranks. I never thought much about him. I, a good player, really nice player. And then he got to the Bulls and really made himself into a, a, a damn good player, an all-star. And now he's probably a Hall of Famer, right? They let anyone in the Hall of Fame, but he's a, probably a lock for the Hall of Fame. So I got to ask you, Grant, this guy's one of the most polarizing players to me in the NBA. Where does Jimmy Butler stand? Is he a top 10 player? Why is he? Why do you think he's polarizing? Or what do you I, mean by polarizing? Because he's been on four teams already. He pisses off his teammates at times, coaches at times. Can be a little bit overbearing, but, you know, he, he's done good things, but he's also done a lot of things that piss people off. Hmm. I don't know. He's in a place where he can kind of set the tone, and I think him and Spolster really vibe with each other, and I think that matters. I I do think there is a – I think there's a ceiling on how far a Jimmy Butler-led Heat team can go. If Jimmy Butler is your agree, best player, he, I, you know what I mean? They can make the conference finals. They can make the NBA yeah, finals. Agree. But I, I, I don't I know that they could beat the Nuggets or the Lakers. I'm not sure. I agree. But if he does pull this off and gets the heat to the finals and wins the finals, you got to look at Jimmy as the top three or four player in the league. Mm, I don't. If he pulls it off, I don't think so. No Tyler Hero with this squad. Yeah, this to okay, me so- would be the equivalent of your guy LeBron taking these Cavalier teams to the finals. And I got to talk about your guy LeBron a little bit here because I stick the MJ slander and the LeBron talk. And, I, and I'll tell you, LeBron's a damn good player second best player I've ever seen. Michael Jordan is the best player I've ever seen. And he would have won eight titles in a row if he hadn't been gambling and and gotten kicked out of the league. But uh, LeBron James has shrunk in the biggest times, Grant. And you you, you fail to realize that. You know, 2011 against the Mavericks, set the stats out. Didn't even average 18 points. It was like a million years ago. We've had like three three presidents in a pandemic since then. He's done nothing but make the finals and win since then. It is on his resume. Against Kawhi Leonard was outplayed by Kawhi Leonard in both series. The Heat were lucky to win the one game on a Ray Allen miracle. So, mm. you know, Kawhi Leonard's had his issues, got outplayed by the what's, Celtics. What's the, difference, uh, between, Pierce, what's the difference between Ray Allen's shot and Steve Kerr's shot? This is just a role player making a shot on a good pass from... A Steve Kerr's shot was a wide-open shot on a dish from... From Michael Jordan, that that Ray Allen thing was a rebound, and Kawhi missed the free throw in, in the last couple of seconds. Um, yeah, basketball, yeah, you know, could say the same thing of Robert Ory and Kobe. So, point taken, Grant. But uh, let, let's tap the brakes on LeBron being the goat. Come on now. All right. Well, we can tap. That's fine. I'll tap. I'm not going to push him to the floor, but I'll, I'll tap. I got to go in about a minute, Tony. Are you going to be running a, an after dark space or anything like that tonight? Yeah, let's let's talk some hoops. Let's talk. Let's get this debate going a little bit more. You know, Jimmy Butler's fascinating to me. I, I find that guy it'd be an interesting character. Jason Tatum, I can't stand him, but the guy keeps on going places. You know, let's talk a little Tatum. And and where is where is Brown going to go from the Celtics? Are the Bucks a dark horse for Brown? I don't know. You should go to Houston. James Harden, Jalen Brown to the core they have right now. That would be sweet. That'd be I. The Rockets would be cool. All of a sudden, I'd be really into the Rockets if that was the team. Right, and better gentlemen's establishments in Houston, of course, Grant. I've been to a few nice nice places down there. So can't blame James. That's what he wants. So anyway, Grant, have a great night. Hope all is well in lacrosse. Yeah, you as well, Tony. Have a great night. Maybe we'll talk on Twitter. Uh, always a man of culture.
a man of great sports takes. As his Twitter bio says, he's got some hot sports opinions. It's our friend Tony in Texas. Tomorrow, we'll talk more NBA because we spent most of our time on Yelich tonight, which is fine because if Yelich strikes out three times tonight, then it's going to be a while until we can have the is the Yelich back debate again. So I, I want to do that tonight. Made sure we made sure we got, got use of that content. Have an awesome night. Enjoy Brewers Cardinals. I'll be back tomorrow at 4. Talk to you then. Western Wisconsin sports leader, WKTY Lacrosse, 96.7 FM, 580 AM.